Hi, Steph. Hi, Esther. We're like tingled up over here. <laughs> um. So, what have you been up to, girl? <laughs> I feel. I told you this already, but I want to say mm-hmm. it on the podcast. I feel like 2023 is already teaching me so much, and it's literally two weeks into the new year. So I would say just having a lot of like aha moments and realizations, which I was not expecting, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was expecting to ride the wave of excitement for a while. Yeah. But it's been good. I just got back to work this last week. Last week, and I started pursuing my word, health and wellness. And so I've been more like mindful about what I eat, but mostly because, again, I want to feel good and I want to like, I'm starting to think I have like a gut issue. Mm. So I'm pursuing that on like how to fix that. And then it's been like interesting because I don't know if you guys are familiar with the YouTuber Cambria Joy, but I've been watching her even more because she's all about health. And I don't know if you know Steph, but she's like certified in a bunch of stuff now. And she came up with, like, a wellness method where it's, like, a hundred-something bucks, which it is kind of pricey. But she literally tells you, like, what vitamins you should take and then, like, how they work. For example, you know collagen? Mm -hmm. So, like, everyone takes collagen now. Like, they'll put it in their coffee, their tea, and, like, they think it's working. But for it to be synthesized or to work, you need to take it with, like, vitamin C. So, like, orange juice or, like, an actual fruit, like, orange or like a shot of vitamin C for it to actually work. And I started to do that. Like even last year I did that. Mm -hmm. And literally, dude, I got so many baby hairs and my nails were like so strong. So like her wellness method is that like how to actually make vitamins work and not just take them to take them. Um, And then like food stuff. So dude, I'm like diving into like my word. Hopefully I don't burn out. (laughs) But yeah, I've been up to that that's so nice like even hearing you say that makes me want to go buy vitamins or something (laughs) because that's so good for you i know and like she always talks about maybe we can make an episode about more about this but she's always saying like our soils are depleted and it's funny because i went to trader joe's the other day and one of the workers he was like an older man he's like i just can't believe our soils are depleted but basically the way our food grows like it's still like a carrot is a carrot but we don't get the same nutrients from it which is why like vitamins and supplements are actually important now so Mm. yeah Well, I wanted to ask, can you tell me one lesson? You said you've been learning lots of lessons already. What's one lesson? I would say, like, in a nutshell, like, a big one that's, like, been standing out is just, like, the realization that everyone, at least in my circle, like, we're out of college, we're back home, we're kind of getting back on our feet, and just how, like, everyone's doing their own thing. And I don't know if that makes sense, but just realizing how, like, everyone is, like, building their own rhythms in life and desires, whereas, like, when you were in college together, high school together, you had so much to relate on. And it's, like, a hard pill to swallow because now your new rhythms and desires and, like, journey in life can, like, really, like, distance you, right, from people. Which is sad, but also, like, 
on the flip side i was thinking about this last night i'm excited because i believe i still have people to meet in my life so i'm excited like who else i'm gonna meet in my life yeah especially in a, uh the new year and all the you know all the talk about what's to come i think a lot about that of like who are people i really don't know exist but will become someone close to me or someone i end up talking to more and it's exciting <laughs> yeah so i'm trying to see like the positive light to it and yeah dude that's been me what about you mm. i have been spending a lot of time alone and i have been enjoying it a lot i really am finding peace in solitude <laughs> like just being in my room and reading um, going on a bike ride, like going to walk my dog, um, even just watching like like a YouTube channel, like something about wellness or just something about lately. I've been really into this one YouTuber, Brittany Bath something, um, but she's very into style and it's it's kind of soothing her like like I can't talk, her videos um, and watching them. And so I just. I think I go through seasons where being alone is scary like full transparency like I don't like it I see myself avoiding it so it felt nice to be in a space where I was just spending a lot of time by myself and actually enjoying it do you feel like it's because you haven't been in school either like you had a huge break I think so also I think because school now is once school mode is on it is a very like extroverted side like it's a very much like it, d it demands a lot of my time with people and I love it so I kept telling myself during the break when I was alone like this is actually really sacred <laughs> like you don't get this often anymore so just like sit in it because the truth is like it's only on a break from school or just a break from work that you get to like have this time fully yeah I agree what book are you reading right now um it's called the book list the reading list do you know yeah so sandy gifted it to me my friend and i just have been wanting fiction for the break like i want to i like want to have fun like i want to read something and just like escape into a different world and like also like you esther you know you get handed books from left to right and i had a lot of books too um good books but often like my i do like my genre that I gravitate towards is like your autobiography. It's like the uh, normally not about fiction, right? Like anything that will educate me or something like that. And so being in like this book, this story was I, maybe that's why even being alone reading was really nice because it's like you're just kind of enjoying like um, we talked about this, but like play, like not really doing anything that's giving you more information or helping you in any way it's just like relaxing it's just you know they say like studies show that fictional books teach you more really yeah well this book as this book guys is so clever like it's about i don't want to spoil it too much but basically it's about a reading list that several people find it like makes its way through several people and with each chapter, we kind of get a little glimpse of how that reading list is impacting their life. And they're all fiction books. 
And I think the main, what I'm getting at it now, I'm halfway through. I think the main point of it was showing how fiction teaches you more than like you would expect. Also, I think it's showing, I personally think it's showing how it could be really healing for the soul. Because <laughs> these people are actually going through like really difficult things. And you see them relate to characters, fictional characters, and feel it's kind of, to me, it's been really comforting because I know that feeling. I'm sure you know it too. When you relate to a character that's fictional, but and I don't know, it does feel healing. Like it feels like, oh, like she gets me or he gets me from the story. Like I've been that girl. I've been that character. Um, so it's kind of like that's the, I'm getting that that's the theme or that's the yeah. intention of the book. I think, too, with, like, fictional characters, like, if they make a mistake or, like, they do something good, like, you can also learn from that. Like, they can teach you what not to do or what to do because, like, they'll teach you, like, mm -hmm. what's at the end of the hall kind of thing or what's, like, the result of stuff. Um, but studies, like, were saying, I actually, like, recently read an article about it that, like, depending on where the story is set, like, the location, like, you're more likely to learn a lot about, like, a specific town through that than if you read like a nonfiction book about it just because like the characters are like i went to the coffee shop on the corner of fourth street or whatever mm -hmm. you know so you kind of get a vision for it mm. um but anyway that's cool yeah so yeah it's been good that's good are you ready for school um okay i am i like that first week of school when everything feels like a fresh start and you're like, I'm going to be such an organized student. Like, I'm going to bring my notebook. I'm going to go to Target, buy a, a notebook. <laughs> um, so I am excited for that. I am, like, I looked at my schedule and I'm like, I know it's going to be hard. So there's a part of me that's like, oh, gosh, like, it is going to be hard. But, dude, one day at a time. One day at a time, people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, that was just a little update on our lives, but. We're transitioning into something completely <laughs> different today. 180, dude. 180. Um, I'm sure that you guys probably have heard of the topic we're talking about today because it has been all over the news um, since November, since it happened. It's the Idaho murder case. Um, you know, Jenny, if you're listening, this this today's episode is definitely a result of how much like Jenny has been really helping me understand what happened like she's into she's really into like the investigation process and I mean a lot of us are right like once we not that we like gravitate towards crime but like there's something really interesting about how to find justice and how to search for the person who committed a crime and like it's been really cool having like because I'm not really into I get scared easily so although I'm like curious I don't tend to press on the video I don't tend to look at the article you know Jenny's a bit more fearless so she like has been telling me about it and I'm like wow like this case actually is has been done really well and I wanted to talk about it like I wanted to dive into it and like kind of yeah kind of see what are, what your thoughts are about it yeah I like actually keeping up with stories like that 
mostly because of my curiosity, but for some reason I haven't kept up with this one much. Mm. I've just been reading like headlines and kind of have made assumptions through that. But I'm excited because, okay, this is actually like a question I have. What makes a specific crime blow up? Because like this one has like gone trending. Like I feel like everyone knows about it, right? And if you don't look it up, people. But I feel like there's so many crimes every day, like, mm. and so many unsolved cases still. Like, why do some blow up and why do not, or why some don't? I think specifically this case blew up because of its relatability. Mm. I think that's why. Or maybe because they were in college, and you know, like, college to me screams like protesting justice and like their friends you know they were also in sororities and think about their like sororities although we know them as like (laughs) kind of like this party scene at the end of the day like the mission of a sorority isn't it to like do charities together like there are like in a way activists in some sort so i could see them also contributing to like more more of um what is the saying like more media towards it like mm. part being part of what makes it increase in popularity because people keep searching for it clicking like wanting to have answers and stuff yeah. so okay so i tried to find recently a four-page review of a report of everything came out i couldn't find it jenny read it halfway through to me and it's <laughs> honestly like This is why I don't like true crime people because like I woke up at one in the morning the other day and I literally was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) like just thinking about this report that Jenny was reading. Um, If you can find it, go read it because it's literally written in first person. So you get a full like idea of what this uh, police officer saw when he walked into the room and um. I, you, you can tell me how you want to go about, um, do you want me to read, like, the night what happened, and then kind of go through the story in my own, or on my own, or do you want me to, like, tell you the story, and then we go through, like, the full receipts of, like, where they were at what time? I would say save the story first, and then the timeline, Okay. and then we can talk about it, just in case people really don't know what it's about. Okay, cool. So, I'll tell you what I what I know, which is not a lot, so sorry, (laughs) but basically, we have three students, and three girls and one guy, they're all students, um, I want to see if we can get their name, so there's four total, yeah, there is Zaina, Ethan, they were a couple, dude, I want to look them up right now, I want to see what they look like, I don't even know what they look like, Really? Okay. And then there's Kaylee and Madison, and they were roommates. So, um, there were more roommates. Again, I don't know fully everything, but I have an assumption that Zayna, Madison, and Kaylee lived upstairs or just lived, their rooms were closer to each other or they happened to be in the same room. That's my kind of thought. But basically, they were found dead in the morning. And it was just like for people really bizarre. 
because oh yeah so esther's looking at a picture also guys like they're so young and think of like (laughs) i mean it's just like when you look at a picture of them you just don't they just look like regular young college students it's almost kind of like i think that's the relatable part of it that you just see like it almost looks like something you would see on instagram from your friend it's it's really sad but so when this report came out that these four students were found dead people were very like the first questions that came up were how did the roommates the other roommates not hear anything like how did um how did no one hear anything so they were all stabbed which is a very like painful way to die you would think you would hear screaming yelling like they also had a dog like don't you hear the dog barking like there was a lot of questions and at the time the roommates were getting a beating like a lot of people were like look at the roommates like it's got to be the roommates like one of them must have done this um but things were just quiet like the roommates i don't think even were they didn't even give um like a statement it was all pretty quiet and all we knew was that i think kaylee had a stalker like that was mentioned before that's all we knew and so i think they investigated on that stalker turns out like he didn't have anything to do with it but um lots of question marks and then i think media was like slowly you know i think with the holidays like the tragedy of something like that right before the holidays was before thanksgiving and like during this time of like yeah of just all we knew was they were found dead there was just like a lot of these things building up questions people's curiosity and i think with with not a lot of answers maybe that too contributed to people like i gotta investigate i gotta figure this out like like what like how can you not know who did this or what and there was like lots of footage of like who they the police officers talked to because you know they have like a camera now like lots of footage going around like <laughs> like all the people they stopped that night um it's a sorority like community so there was like it's really there were it was really interesting to see that they stopped a lot of people cuz they're all like roaming around that like at night and stuff um anyways it was pretty quiet like we didn't know any more information and then out of nowhere they come out with Brian his name brian yeah i think <laughs> let me see um you know what we're gonna say it is because i can't find it here but um they come out that brian is the one they believe killed these people guys let me give you like an image of brian he lives in pennsylvania which is very far from idaho He's a student getting his PhD in criminology. When you look at him, he's like this <laughs> average white guy. And like, it's almost like so bizarre. You're like, really him? Like how, why, how are, like, how are they connected? What's the motive? Um, but the police officers were like, nope, like it really is him. And this is where I was like, so impressed with this team. Because, as I said earlier, there's this quiet moment in this case where we really didn't know much. And I thought it was because I think a lot of people thought, like, they just 
they don't know. <laughs> like they don't know. They're probably just as stumped as everybody else. But we they fooled us. They hid a lot of information for the sake of keeping this case as um as untouched and skewed by the media. So, first of all, we all didn't know that they were on Brian two weeks after this happened. Brian didn't even know <laughs> that they were on to him. So, turns out Brian was in the location at the time. Like, the Idaho, like, the neighborhood they that they were in. And the car that they suspected he was driving, like, the, they knew, like, they were looking for that white car. Brian has that white car. So they were following him as he was driving back to Pennsylvania. And they actually stopped him twice, knowing that they were onto him. But they just stopped him and kept it very, like, it's just for speeding or something. I think just to get, like, an idea of who he was and to see, like, I think how his temperament was, like, how he was, like, presenting himself. Um, Wait, but why were they onto him? They, I think they said... I feel like it was either the car or the, I think they said that or the DNA. I don't know when this happened, but they found, so you'll see, probably I think we're going to go through this. I don't know if it's in this article, but I'll just tell you anyway. When they found the bodies, there was the cover, the sh- do you call it the she? Like the, <clears throat> like the knife shield? Where you yes. Like- the cover is a knife. Yeah, they found that next to one of the bodies. And in that, on that, they had DNA. That DNA wasn't, like, they didn't find the exact person, but they found that, like, a relative of that DNA on genealogy, dude. Like, 23andMe stuff. And then from that, they found Brian's dad. And this is where I'm like, they're so brilliant. Like, and also kind of like, what? Like, this is like a movie. I think they were onto him because once they connected that quickly, they followed him around with his dad. And Brian was driving down back to Pennsylvania. And so these detectives were following discreetly. Like if they ate at a restaurant, I think it was said that they ate at a restaurant and when they left, they picked up the trash, looked at what they ate, and, like, connected it, and it connected to his DNA. Exact DNA of the knife. I wonder if, like, after they left, right? Like, after these restaurants or whatever? If, like, the detectives would go in and ask the people, like, hey, you need to help us because we're, like, looking for someone. Because, dude, I feel like you need to listen, right? If, like, detectives come, like, you need to cooperate. So I wonder if, like, they did that. I don't know why. I don't know, but the wild thing to me is that, like, it is his DNA, and they found it like that, like, by, I think the part that is almost kind of, like, amusing is that they really fooled Brian. He had no idea they were following him. Like, literally sitting probably in their cars waiting for him to leave, and, like, and they said they even, so this was happening during the holidays. I saw a report that said, like, even during the holidays, they were, like, outside of his house, like, keeping an eye on his every move. Like, as he was with his family, like, they were very much on to him. And once they knew 100% that it was him, then they arrested him. And then now, like, he's in Idaho. And they're going through this 
this whole case that is totally blowing up right now um he's still saying that he's not guilty are you serious yeah i'm like huh (laughs) but guys what is so odd is we still don't really have a full motive other than he's a criminology student and it could be that he's it's like this bizarre case where somebody who studies this gets in gets kind of in the fantasy of crime and wants to see if they can commit crime and get away with it and get away with it that's all one can really think of um but it's so one it's so strange and also like just so sad because i don't know sometimes with a motive like sometimes with a connection it's just like it makes sense but with this, it's like really out of all the people you ch- like, I'm thinking of their family, like out of all the people you could have done this little project with, like it was our girls or it was like, like our family, like real, like it just is really sad. Dude, yeah. And it's like crazy because Steph, you even told me like after he did this, like he just like went back to class. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So he was a T.A., and they went and like talked to like students in his university and um they said that they noticed he like wasn't writing notes anymore he was just giving a hundred like a hundred percent to everybody that he seemed really unmotivated he seemed kind of like basically like not fully there um so they did notice a change in mood when he came back but to me like and i think we talked about this too we're like he literally went back though like you know, I think even murders that don't, like, e- like even murders sometimes have that remorse, and that's why they like ha- are paranoid. That's why they don't go. They don't go out because they know the weight of what they just committed. Maybe they had the like. It's not. It's not. It's not to say that like they're any better. <laughs> like it's still wrong, but the thing that's even more like interesting is that he went back and was like. I don't know, like, in a sense, like, a little, like, a, I don't know, just, like, going on with his life. Um, yeah, and, like, that's, like, the disturbing part to me because, I don't know, and you're, like, you told me too, Steph, like, I feel like that takes, like, literally, like, a sick-minded person, you know? I'm gonna put the, the window down a bit. Okay. Um... So listen to the world. <laughs> um dude, so yeah, I I don't like crime and I'm not thinking of any I don't want another case. Oh, sorry. This this really loud car is passing by. <laughs> sorry. Um it just makes me really sad, but one good positive thing about this, um, I think it, like, helped me have a bit more trust in, what do you call it, like, the police, law enforcement. law enforcement. I really like the way they handled it. They stayed away from all the, like, the glory of, like, figuring something out in the media. They actually really tried to be strategic, and that was really cool to see, um, like, I hope other people really learn from them. Yeah. I agree. I think... You want to see the timeline before we go oh, into yeah, it? yeah. Let's go through the timeline. Um, okay, guys. Like, this is legit just... 
just the time and like it's not really going into a lot of details other than what they were doing so 1:45 a.m after spending several hours at a fraternity party two of the victims zayna and her boyfriend ethan returned to the off-campus house um, shared with several roommates including the, the other two victims 1:56 a.m the other victims kaylee and madison arrived back at home after spending time at a bar and grabbing food at a food truck, which, by the way, on like online, you can see literally footage of them at these places. 2.47 a.m. Um, a phone belonging to the suspect, Brian, so the guy, stops connecting. Oh, yeah. He turned off his phone during. Is It's really interesting, right? His phone is on. They can read it in the cell towers. Turns off literally in the time of the crime the killer right yeah and people said that's very smart of him because you won't be able to know where he is but the thing that was dumb was he turned it right back on after the crime like so you can really literally like you can see like how uh like how interesting that your phone turns on right after the crime like you know um so it turns off um where he lives Wait, let me see. Let me read that again. A phone belonging to Brian stops connecting to the cell phone network. Um, that's all they said. 2.53 a.m. Surveillance footage shows a white sedan consistent with the white Hyundai registered by Brian traveling towards the highway between Pullman and Moscow. 3.29 a.m. Surveillance video shows that Shows what police say is a white Hyundai in the neighborhood that they lived in, um, where the crime later occurred. The vehicle makes three passes by the house. 4 a.m. One of the victims, Zaina, receives a DoorDash delivery at home. According to the, the investigators, at about the same time, another occupant of the house is awakened by what she thinks is an upstairs roommate playing with her dog according to her statement to the police. 4.04 a.m. Video shows the Elantra returning to the area for the fourth time, so the car, at one point doing a three-point turn in the roadway near the house. 4.12 a.m. Um, Zaina uses t the TikTok app on her phone. Her phone records... Her, <laughs> her phone records <laughs> suggest um, the downstairs roommate is also awake. Sometime shortly after 4 a.m., she tells investigators she hears what sounds like crying from Zaina's room. When she opens her door, she hears a male voice telling someone something to the effect of, It's okay, I'm going to help you. 4.17 a.m., a security camera from a nearby residence picks up a distorted audio of what sounds like a whimper and a loud thud. A dog can be heard barking numerous times at some point, and exactly when is unclear the roommate opens her bedroom door again according to the account she gave she gave investigators and sees a man with bushy eyebrows in black clothing and a mask the man walks past her towards a sliding glass door on the second floor she goes back into her room and locks the door and it is unclear what she does during the next several hours i want to kind of say a little something there that was also something the police told the roommates not to say so um the reason why they were so silent in the beginning was because the the team said it was for their protection to not say like 
any of the information that they saw because it, it w- they would have been bombarded like people would have been like really trying to get everything and that's when things get really misinterpreted so that was really smart of them too they that's why later like you know people were on to the roommates like how did you not see anything or hear anything like they literally had to keep it shut and like just like let people say stuff like that about them um but they did like they they um oh they also said that they think like the girl they didn't go into detail but she's froze and the guy passed her and they're like why didn't he kill her like why like why them and not her and they literally think he didn't see her in the dark she's frozen frozen. but that's even like because i'm sure he must he would have probably killed her because i mean he studies criminology like that's a witness right there like so 4 20 a.m um his white car is seen leaving the neighborhood at a high rate of speed 4 48 a.m um brian's phone reconnects to the cell tower so that's why like it's really suspicious that it connected right after the crime and now it's near idaho so it turned off around like still still in the tower that i think is closest to where he lives and then it turned back on in idaho um 5 30 a.m after traveling in the area uh brian's phone is detected back in pullman so they're just basically saying like they're seeing him travel he's already like leaving the the scene i guess 9 12 a.m brian's phone returns to moscow and connects to the cellular network near the scene of the murders it stays there until 9.21 a.m. before returning to the area of his home. So it looks like he's going all over the place. 11.58 a.m. A 911 call reports an unconscious person at the scene of the killing, triggering a response from the law enforcement. So I want to add, too, there's a bit of question why the roommate took so long to call 911. Someone said that, like, people respond to, like, because that is intense, right? Like that is like not most of us encounter such a such a experience like that so they're saying like people respond to shock very differently and my only like i could maybe understand her being in denial for a long time and not wanting to open the door Mm. like one closing the door and being like i'm not going to open it i don't know if someone's in the house and then two like not really knowing what happened like she again like her mind probably wasn't thinking murder it was just like that's so weird like did they get i'm thinking like probably like did they get robbed like who was this like all that and i don't know there's times where i think denial is the biggest thing that keeps you away from like really opening your roommate's door too like you know like going above and beyond to like investigate i'm sure like she probably texted them too and they didn't answer yeah you know maybe she was trying to like ask them first and like i don't know dude I hope to never be in a situation like that, but I couldn't understand, like, like the freezing oh, and shock totally. moment, you know? That's mean. Dude, that mantra's making me burp me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but it's just wild. I just can't believe it, dude. Overall, I was, um, I was telling you, um when we first were talking about this how this all like has been like showing me how important it is for us to realize like like we're not invincible um i also recently was watching this other documentary 
it's so like random but it was this guy who like i don't know if you heard about it but he was in an incident with david dobrik they were doing like a series where they were like trying to be like very like um spawn not spawn adventurous and it went a little too far and he almost died and so it got kind of like big and people wanted answers too um and so he did a documentary and i really liked that he mentioned how like he often felt like limitless Mm. like invincible and it took like a moment like that to realize like i have limitations like bad things can happen yeah um and when thinking of this crime i'm thinking like like a lot too on my mind like to remember as young people that like not that they like no one deserves this and this could have happened to any of us but just like i think if you can learn or take anything away like my thing is like just remember like to (laughs) be careful to just like i don't know like be mindful of who or where we are like lock your doors or what you post or what you post because um, i feel yeah. like that's a new form of like stalkers or people to watch actually when i was looking up their their photo right now yeah. one of the victim's sister like just spoke out like an hour ago mm-hmm. and she said sister of murdered idaho student kiwi says it's chilling to learn true evil was watching and it's like what social media do that's such a like easy way you know yeah and i um think that's a really important lesson to learn from this too they were very i think popular on social media they even had a tiktok yeah and they like i think with social media too we forget that like we think we can just post like um everything like and it will be fine but if you post like your location, if you post like everything about your life, it makes it really easy for someone to know where to find you. Like, yeah. n- and it's like not not that we always have to have that mindset of like being paranoid, but I also think there's a value in privacy and withholding information just because it's nice to like nowadays like we sh- we want to share everything, but like it kind of takes away. That's another topic, but like it kind of takes away. S- like the sacred part of like just living your life and like not feeling a need for like the whole world to know but i think we can add like it protects you too yeah and i think dude i wanted to go back very quickly to like how the detectives or the investigation team like went quiet and like i feel like they were really like we're gonna figure this out and then we're gonna like release it to the public because i'm thinking of like the gabby petito petito Oh my gosh, Gabby Petito case um, and how like similar, like the media wanted to figure it out and like almost like I feel like stuff like that because like TikTokers and Instagrammers like they want to, I feel like think they can figure it out. But it's like you guys are not trained. Yeah. But I think even like that can mislead not only the investigators because like you never know, like sometimes like people on social media have helped right with like clues and stuff like that but i feel like it goes overboard and i think it above all else like misleads the public which like we have a huge say whether we believe it or not on Mm -hmm. like how they can go about investigating so i i agree with you that i feel like they really were like 
we're not gonna have people mess with us like we're gonna use our skills and like really figure it out and like they literally did and i'm shook that he's saying that he's not guilty do you imagine he's not i at first told that to jenny i was like thinking of the amanda knox case and i was like well what if this is all like like not real like what if but then by the way they've handled this case I'm thinking it's legit. Like, I'm thinking the way they handled everything. Amanda Knox was just a complete chaos and mess. They let the media go, like, wild. They did not keep things in a strategic path. Like, they were just, like, kind of going with, rolling with the punches, okay? And, like, that was a mess. That led me to believe like this is so wrong and unjust. But with this one, it's like when everything is so well organized and strategic, it's like, well, like you kind of feel a bit more trusting towards the process of like, well, if you really think it's this guy and the DNA shows like it really. Also, you can't fight like the facts, like DNA. It's like his DNA on it. Um, Yeah, it's just like I do think. Actually, I guess I can't say. I don't, I, I don't, only God knows, really. Like, yeah. we can't, we, we don't know. I think, too, like, there was a huge question that's been, like, asked, which was, did he know them? Or they, like, did they ever interact even once, you know? Um, I'm kind of waiting, you know, now with them withholding information. Mm. I'm curious what else is coming out slowly. Um, all I know right now is that he did follow them on social media. Mm. Like they were, they, they didn't follow him back, okay. but he followed them. Well, Cause I'm sure they have like a lot of followers. right? Yeah. So that's, yeah. I just cannot believe it, dude. I know. It sounds like a movie. It does. <sighs> well, I mean, my heart goes out to their family. I, I mean, I've been thinking a lot about how, like, life can change like that so quickly. And it defines you forever. Um, so I've been, yeah, my heart goes out to their family and their friends. Um, and even just, like, the roommates. Like, that also will be something that you will carry with you. And, like, it doesn't have to weigh you down, but it is part of your story. So, like, I've been just thinking about them. Um, and, yeah. I agree. I... I hope above all else, because, dude, that's going to take, I just think of the roommates, too, and, like, the ones who survived and, like, their families of the victims, and I can't imagine, like, I know, like, even you said it, stuff like, through God and therapy, like, they'll get through it, but right now, in my mind, like, I would be, like, how would I ever recover from that? Mm-hmm. And I just hope above all else, like, justice is served, and yeah, I that's Let's end with that. Above all, we hope justice is served. <laughs> Bye. Well, actually, can we have one positive thing? Cause yeah. I, I want to lighten up. Like, Bye, guys. Lighten this up. Um. Okay, tell me something you're looking forward to this week. Something exciting. Why am I shy? Because I can't hear if I'm on the mic. <laughs> I actually need to think though. Okay. Me too. Um, I, while you think of yours, I'll tell you mine. (laughs) Um, with school coming, I am super excited for two, for three things. One, youth is starting, so I'm excited to see my student and hear all about her break. 
Um, two, I have my training for my first real, like, my first legit job. Wait, I forgot you're yeah. starting this week, dude. Yeah. It's exciting and I'm nervous, but yeah, first legit, like, job as a therapist, and that's exciting. And then three, um, I'm super excited for this one class that's it's um group therapy so we're learning about conducting group therapy but we also get our own like kind of with our group like kind of we practice with each other and I've heard really good things about it so those are mine Dude, those are good I'm like let me think so <laughs> let me look at my calendar I do have google calendar oh I'm um what's it called yeah, tomorrow, the, I'm like, yeah, I guess tomorrow, I'm getting um my hair washed. Okay, so when I got my hair dyed, people, I'm like more blonde now. I told my new hair girl, I was like, I really want to like also take care of my hair. It's mm-hmm. like part of my health and wellness. Mm-hmm. And she was like telling me about this deal that she has. Like, it's actually a really good deal. I forgot like the actual price, but it's a really good deal where like if you come like once a month, like to her place, like she'll like deep condition it and stuff like that wow. um and it's you know like when you leave the salon it's just so soft yes. and it feels good and stuff and so i'm doing that tomorrow yay and i just like actually relax so much when people play with my hair yeah so i'm excited about that and actually it's just on my calendar i might see a friend from riverside this weekend which is crazy because i feel like i haven't seen her in more than like a year and a half maybe yeah so that should be exciting that's exciting well, okay, you know what? I feel lighter. I feel lighter, too. <laughs> uh, we hope you guys feel lighter, too. Um, live, laugh, love, you know? Like, despite, <laughs> despite the hard parts. Um, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.